Today, we speak with Liv about learning to use your intuition as a guide to find your personal truth and dive deeper into discomfort for growth. Welcome to the Wellness Empowerment Project. I'm Trish. And I'm Julie. We are two nurses exploring holistic healing and wellness practices to empower you to be the leader of your own health. Join us as we try out new things, or as we call it, weird shit, and have some fun along the way. Hey, welcome to the Volus Empowerment Project. Today we have Liv, who is a Kundalini yoga instructor, entrepreneur, and solo mama of two. And she's a lover of experience and wisdom. She's been teaching Kundalini Yoga since 2018 and with practice and teaching has developed a unique connection to this technology. She offers coaching through her soul archetype mentoring program and co-owns and operates Torello Market, a sustainability-focused general store and marketplace in Pittman, New Jersey. Welcome, Liv. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, Liv. Hello. Nice to meet you, Julie. Yes, nice to meet you as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into kundalini yoga? Sure. So I had been a practitioner of vinyasa, hatha, various what would be the quote unquote more normal types of yoga for many years. And then I went to started going to this yoga and meditation center that wasn't far from my house that had a class called kundalini yoga. And I'm somebody who likes to try things. I was like, let me try this class and see what it's all about. And I hated it. And so because I hated it so much, I realized the reason why I hated it was because I confronted myself in ways that I had never confronted myself. In Kundalini, we hold postures for long periods of time, specifically with your arms in the air, which was what we did that night. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. But then I was like, this is the thing that I have to do to move through some things to to clear the way. I hated it and knew I needed to do it. So I started practicing and then always knew I wanted to be a yoga teacher of some kind. Once I started practicing a little bit, I decided I wanted to get trained and teaching this kind of yoga. Other than the fact that I was laughing the whole time, I love the way you're like, I absolutely hated it. And then I knew I had to do it. Right. When most people, when they find something they don't like, they run in the opposite direction. What brought you to the point where you could even be at this place where you recognized it was something that you didn't like? And at the same time, recognized it was something that you had to dive deeper in. Oh, that's such a good question. My first instinct to say is I'm a glutton for punishment. And, you know, I just feel like nothing's going to be effective unless I hate it at first. I was in a very transitional period of my life and I was getting divorced and going through a lot of different things. And I just, I was, and I was in this community where we got really honest with each other. And it was like a time of becoming really honest. And for me, it's, I feel like, like hating it was some part of me that was like getting really honest about facing some things in my life. I don't know if I went too deep too fast, but really that's where it came from is so much of our lives and my life particularly early on was trying to pretend, trying to be something that I wasn't. And so it was these opportunities to get honest and to get clear. That was the, the phase I was in my life. I continue to know that is part of my mission and my purpose in this life is to follow truth, seek truth. Truth just feels different. It was a way that I was, even though I hated it, like I said, it was like acknowledging this truth that needed to be acknowledged. 
That really resonates with me, the truth piece, where I feel like that's something that I've been seeking my whole life, just to be true and genuine to who you really are. But it is a different approach when trying to figure out what you actually really don't like and is not right for you and what you don't like, but what you really need. I think that's a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you think that there's certain things that kind of trigger you to know the difference between the two? Yeah, it's really getting in touch with your intuition, right? It's knowing that discomfort isn't always bad. Discomfort is sometimes the way we have to go for growth. Discomfort just means it's not the only thing, but one way it means is that it's just uncomfortable in our nervous system. But if we don't get uncomfortable in our nervous system, then we never reach new levels or whatever, if you want to think of it in a hierarchical kind of way. I think that knowing, oh, I hate this, this isn't for me, is it's a different feeling in your body. It's a different sensation. It's a different connection in your intuition. I hate this. And oh my gosh, I think that this is like an ego hate and I really need to do this to lean in. It feels different in your body. It's important to be attuned to what that feels like in your intuition, which takes practice. For me, it's a long journey to get to that place where you can actually feel the difference because it can be subtle, but lots of different ways to get there, though. What I heard you say, Liv, was that finding your truth is really diving deep into your own intuition. I find that to be a very fascinating definition because a lot of people nowadays define truth as an absolute and it's an absolute that everyone can agree upon. That's not necessarily the type of truth that you're speaking about. Yes, I think of truth. So in Kundalini, we use the mantra Satnam. Satnam is in words, it means the truth of my identity or my identity is truth. But when you try to just put that into words, the meaning to me just fails. It's something that you have to really connect with to know the truth. It's like I said earlier, the truth sounds different. It feels different. So it's knowing what is right for you. Because even though we're all like living this life, not everyone has the same truth. Oh, it can be so nuanced, though. There's so many different directions. It sounds like truth. And obviously, being a Ukulele Yoga instructor, we could probably dive deep into this. But truth is a vibrational frequency. Right. And we all have our own vibrational frequency. Yes. Happen to. Yes. You said that way more eloquently than I did. Thank you. I think everybody, we have different missions on this life. I'm also a believer in purpose. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I have this grand purpose to be president and save the world and all these things. It's very subtle and very simple for each individual person. I think connecting to your purpose is connecting to your truth. And again, like you said, Trisha, that's your vibrational frequency. And what's true for someone else might not be true for me. Even though there are truths that are the same for everyone, not every truth is the same for everyone. I think for many people, having that connection to what that vibrational frequency feels like is like traveling to a distant planet. Yeah. Where do you start? You always hear about what is your purpose in life. And even from the time that you're four years old, people are like, what are you going to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? Woo, that's a lot of pressure um, to figure that out. But there is this innate human question of who are you and what is your purpose in this life? But I don't think that we connect that vibrational frequency that you are both speaking about to help you find what that purpose is and what is your truth. Because I think you're right. There's a different truth for each person in different ways. What are some first 
steps for somebody who may feel really disconnected from their body right now in order to even understand what that means? Take a deep breath. That's the first step. Slowing down, which is something that is so foreign for so many of us. But I think it's essential. You have to be able to get quiet. You have to be able to slow down a little bit. You have to be able to spend time with yourself in some way, shape, or form, whether it's doing something or not doing something. You have to be okay being alone because otherwise you can't get quiet enough to hear it. In my experience, again, there might be some other expert out there that has had a different experience and can speak to that, but this is where I'm coming from. I have not been able to connect with myself unless I slow down. And I think slowing down intentionally and reflecting as you're doing it, what does this mean for me? How does this feel in my body? Am I uncomfortable? Am I, and being again, comfortable with the discomfort or just okay that discomfort exists in your body. Because if you're just settling down, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel wrong, but it's one of those wrongs that's for the right reasons, if you will. So just stopping and taking a deep breath, looking at your schedule and see where you can carve out 10 minutes to be by yourself. I also am a big fan of journaling. Journaling helps me to hear my voice louder than the other voices or the made up voices in my head. I feel like journaling, you're writing, your arm is an extension of your heart. So writing, you can really connect with your heart and with, with what you're feeling more deeply than in your headspace. I think writing, I'm a huge advocate. I'm a writer as well. So I'm a big advocate for that. Liv, you also mentioned the beginning about community, not really helping you to get radically honest with yourself. And in the same notion, also helped you embrace discomfort. How did you get into that community? What type of community was it? How was that connection established? It's funny because I wouldn't recommend that community in particular now and all these years later, but but it was my first introduction to really feeling supported. It wound up being very codependent and had to be teased out. But I think that it's okay to go through those kind of things to find the right community. That's important to, to note. But community in general, I'm definitely in more su supportive communities now. It's a way where it provides a space where you feel held so that you can let your guard down and feel like it's a safe place to be honest with yourself. I think that's a big thing. Yoga studios can provide that. You can have community in work. You can have a, a group of people that kind of come together where you vent about things or talk about new ways to, to do things, new systems, whatever. But community is what it's to me an antidote to a lot of the problems that we have in our society right now with addiction and all these other things is finding these places. Now, how to find that place? I can't tell you exactly how to because it's regional. You have different things available to you, but there are ways. Yoga studios are a great way. That's a great door if you're into that kind of thing. I was going to move us over to Soul Archetype Map. Can you tell us what those are and how you can create them? Absolutely. Soul Archetype Map is something that I came up with that's really driven by me wanting to connect with my inner voice more. This is like another way to connect to your inner voice and maybe in ways that you haven't necessarily thought about before. But then when you read something about yourself that is true that you hadn't considered, it hits differently. I've always been interested in astrology from when I was a little girl. I would 
get the paper and read my horoscope. It's terrible. I think about how distorted all of that, how astrology was back then, but I loved it. I loved anything weird. I loved crystals when I was little, all this stuff. It's another modality that uses your, or I should say technology really, that uses your birth information to give you insight on who you are as a person. Also numerology, tantric numerology, which is rooted in Kundalini Yoga and the 10 bodies system. These are three things that have helped me find some guidance in my life. I thought this is really cool, but what I really want to know is of these three things that are giving me information, what are the themes throughout all of them? Because I feel like when I'm looking at anything, when I look at different religions or different theories or philosophies or whatever, I'm always looking for the common thread. Because to me, again, I'm a truth seeker. If there's a common thread between things and there's a theme, then to me, that's the truth. Or at least it's a starting point to follow the truth. I really wanted to look at these different technologies and insights into who you are as a person and then weave together what the theme is and what the common thread is. And then with that, I can work with people to rewrite their stories of establishing where you have been and what are things that you want to change in your life. That's where my mentorship comes in. We then take what your soul archetype map is, what the themes are, and then we can start to rewrite what your future may look like and rewrite the story of your life. I called it the soul archetype map because it's like, what archetype am I representing in this lifetime? That can be a guidepost to when we veer off our track or get confused or whatever, we can use this as a tool to bring us back onto track. And these are the core things that I want to remember about myself. This is what gets me to rewriting my story and living out the life that I want to create for myself. It's pretty awesome. Liv, you did our soul archetype map. Yeah. That was really a lot of fun. Get that insight to ourselves. And then we talked a little bit ahead of this conversation about some of our similarities. Yeah. It was so fun to see because I did Trisha's first and then I went to do Jolie's and I was like, oh my gosh, they are so similar in so many ways. I texted Trish. I was like, do you even know? That you have these similarities. I got so excited. Yeah, we dive deeper. What I found fascinating about this is that I've done all three separately. And for anyone who's done any of these before, they could be very detailed, very involved, almost a little overwhelming at times, depending on how deep you want to go. What I loved is that you took the highlight of each one, integrate them all together. That's what I truly loved into that. The other piece that I thought was fascinating is that you also put together, the, obviously, the themes, and then you moved it over into journal prompting as well. Yes. Really help walk people through the whole process. Right. Of taking something that is abstract and then moving it through into something that's coming through as maybe random thoughts and then organizing it into something that's a little more clearer than helping people move it through into some, we'll say, actionable steps that would be more aligned for them. Exactly. Yeah. That's another pillar of it. Thank you for guiding me back to this because I'm remembering that was another pillar of of the design of it was, okay, this is great. I love the information, but how do I bring this into me and make it practical and then live it? Because guidance is just guidance without integration. Then it's like, how do we integrate? And like I said, I'm big on journaling. I wanted to include journal prompt as reminders. If you go back and read it another time, say you read it this time next year for a refresher, you may read it and see different themes and see different insights and different things might stick out to you. With that, I think it's important to journal because then 
maybe something is more relevant for you at a different time of your life because we're energetic beings. We're constantly changing. We're not stagnant. Not everything is permanent in this. So I wanted to do that. I also incorporate a practice for you to do. Sometimes the practice is rooted in Kundalini Yoga. Sometimes the practice is go for a walk in nature because that's what I feel intuitively is most appropriate. Depends on what comes out, what themes stand out. The practices have looked very different for every person. Not one has had a repeat yet, which is interesting. That is interesting. I was wondering how fixed these were. Is it your intuition as you're going through the process that leads you to something that feels different? There's definitely some sections that apply across the board. Some of the descriptions for the different type and human design. Is it okay if I say what your designs are? Sure. Okay. So you're both manifesting generators. And so with that, you have the same explanation of what a manifesting generator is here. A lot of the human design is the is the same. There's set descriptions. With the astrology, I go through the big three, sun, moon, and rising, and then which house each one is in. Some of the information from the sun, sun, moon, and rising will be the same, but then the house will be different. So far, those have been the most unique sections in following my intuition, because there's some things that might stick out, some aspects that might stick out of Virgo for one of you versus the other, and some things might be different in there, which house that definitely has a play on how your sun, moon, and rising work in your life. And then the explanations for the numerology that, again, is rooted in the 10 body system in Kundalini Yoga, tantric numerology, those are pretty much set sometimes without going to too much. So your soul number has, it's a challenge in your life, right? And your gift number is a gift. It's just what it sounds like. Sometimes if you have the same soul number and and gift number, that may be confusing, but it is a way that you can use your gift to help connect with your inner dimension. I'll add a little note about that in there because I want to make sure to make sure people are not like, this is contradictory. I want to explain what might look contradictory in there. Then with the themes, they're obviously definitely unique because everyone has a unique map. And then with the practice, it's different for everyone. I haven't had, in Kundalini alone, there's thousands of Kriyas and meditations to choose from. That's very easy. But again, when they're not rooted in Kundalini and it's maybe some other their practice, that's very much just led from my intuition. The frequency, the guidance is to do it for a thousand days in a row. And not everyone will get that kind of guidance too. It depends. That's actually specifically for one something. There's some repeat information that applies if you have a certain thing, but then there's a lot of intuitive guidance in there as well. Live with the human design, that alone is more about how we use our energy. So for lack of a better word, keep moving in a more positive light. Right. Like a growth. Mm-hmm. And then the astrology, would you say that's a little more fixed? Because it's based upon when and where you were born. Human design is based on when and where you were born as well. So I think that I think they're safe. the guidance for both of them would be pretty fixed. Yeah. Would you say all three, the numerology, the human design and astrology are all different ways or symbols to communicate people's personal energy? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think they're all ways to... There are ways to guide you on how you connect with things emotionally, how you need to be cared for, what you're driven by, what you're motivated by, what your purpose is, how to connect with yourself, how to connect with other people, all guidance on what's like a roadmap for life if you take the time to sit down and write it out. What I really would love to know 
is especially the end piece that you personally, intuitively produce for each person. What's your process in that? What brings you to that point where you're like, you know what, this is the meditation or this is the practice or this is the length of time for the specific person? I look at the themes for sure. I look through specifically what challenges might be. I'm big on working towards clearing blocks so that we can realize our full potential, whatever that looks like. A lot of times there will be a, so I'll use you for instance, Trish, is that okay? Yes. Okay, great. So you are a double Virgo, Virgo sun and Virgo moon, which means that you can be very heady about things, right? Virgos are political <laughs> by nature. And so the shadow of anal analytical is maybe over analytical and thinking a lot. There were a couple of other things that stuck out to me too with this, but specifically the meditation that came up. It's interesting because your meditation, I searched for, I had done this meditation before actually in my teacher training. And I remember loving it. I love the mantra that goes with it. That you imagine water while you're using the meditation. And I'm a Pisces moon and a Cancer rising. So I have a lot of, and an Aquarius, which is not a water sign, but the water bearer. So I have a lot of water in my chart. I always think of water as such a cleanser. It seems almost like a salve for a Virgo, just intuitively, again, from what I know. And so I thought of this as I searched and I couldn't find what this meditation was because I wanted to give it to you exact and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. I was like, I can't not give her this meditation. It just feels like this is the meditation for her. I wrote it out by memory. And then you actually asked for more information in a place where I also could have asked for it, but didn't think of it. That's why we will work together, right? This is community right here. And we realized that it was rooted in grief practices. And again, I don't know if there was anything that was relevant necessarily with a, as it being a grief practice for you, but it just felt it's a very cleansing meditation. And it just, again, it felt right. I couldn't not give it to you. And then also it was guidance to do it for a thousand days. That is because your, your karma number, I think, is nine. Yes. And nine is mastery or mystery nine is about all about the subtle body and connecting with our subtle body with that uh, the guidance there's teachings that say in order to connect with the subtle body and master things so things don't, are no longer a mystery you can understand everything it's to do something for a thousand days that's where that guidance came in for the length of time to do it i will have to say that since you did give this to us i'm currently in the middle of a thousand day meditative practice. And I did start this one too, because I also <laughs> regret for punishment. Yeah. This is such a different feeling than my other practice. My other one's more of a breathwork practice, and this is more of a mantra practice. Right. I will tell you, I feel very uplifted after I finish this meditation. I really do. I can't say I had anything specifically over grief, but I also trust that the meditation is going to do what it needs to do and that things will come up over the time that things that I probably thought that I resolved to work through that maybe I didn't. But at the same time, I feel like this particular meditation, especially with the water and the flowing and the cleansing, it's more of a healing process, more gentle, if that makes any sense. You it know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think we think of grief as a very heavy emotion that weighs us down. Where I feel like this meditative practice is more of we're healing that residual grief. We're healing that, that sadness. Yeah, absolutely. In a very, um, in a more healthy way. Yeah. 
Yeah, in a nurturing way. I definitely, I can hear that for sure. I connect with that. That was something that was a little bit surprising to me about just this gentle practice. It's something that I've been trying to wrap my head around. I work out just about every day, but it tends to be more intense. Hit training, weight training, running, and that's something that I, I was in the army for 31 years. And so I'm used to like attacking things. Yeah. But recently I have had this feeling of I need to start a devotion to myself and a more gentle caring for myself. Mm. Amen. However, I haven't started this 1000 day mantra because I'm, whew, can I do that? Can I get a thousand days in? That's almost three years. That's a really long time. It's so different from how I have moved my body, taking care of my body. That's just where my headspace is of, wow, this sticks out, is reinforcing something that's been in my heart and my brain for a little bit. But also, how do I settle myself into something like this? Just go for it. It's like people in recovery say, take it one day at a time. It's overwhelming to do something forever. I think that's there are beautiful people that are in recovery and have long-term sobriety. They're a beautiful example of just taking it one step at a time. All you have to do is do it today. And then you'll tomorrow you'll do it that day. And then the next day you'll do it that day. It's when we break things down to what it really is instead of what it appears to be in this exaggerated form that our mind creates, then things can be a lot more accessible. Even think about when you get on your bike every day. If you look back on how many days you've gotten on, I think, I don't even know. Did you say that you ride a bike? I'm a runner, but I also have done some spin classes and things oh, like okay. that. Gotcha. All right. So if you look back on how many days you've run, could you have predicted when you started that you would have run that many days in the future? Probably not. Brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth for more than a thousand days in a row. So break it right. down to these simple things that you do every day that it can make it less overwhelming. All of a sudden you can be like, I'm not a person who does that. And all you have to do is start it and then keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you're a person that does that. Right. Yes. But I think there's also something to be said for not some, I'm not that kind of person, but saying to yourself that you are, that's something that I've done with my diet. I'm not the kind of person who eats McDonald's every day. And so I don't, that's like a, a mind trick that you can do to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like using the same thing to feed you in a different way. Yes. Yeah. It's funny while you were saying that you were in the army and you've always like whipped yourself into shape. It sounds like, is that accurate? Yeah. Yes. So it's funny because I teach this workshop that is called nervous system boot camp in the energy of mom. So it's, we can whip our nervous systems into shape, but it's really, we have to love our nervous systems into shape. So like bringing in that, the energy of Ma is like, is the mother, it's the divine mother. So you can work hard and you can do all these things, but it doesn't have to be in suffering. It can be in love and support and energy. I think bringing those two things together are really important. Sometimes when we're trying to soften a little bit, we might totally get rid of those other practices that are more rigid and disciplined. But really, there's a beautiful weaving that can happen between the two. It doesn't have to be either or. 
I like to live in the space of nuance. Allowing for both things to exist simultaneously, I think, is really beautiful. Yes, it's something that I'm trying to wrap my head around. I've been around the embrace the suck culture for quite some time. Yeah. And I really identify with it. And many times that's what gets me up off the couch and continue to have that discipline. It feels like a very different energy of, okay, how do I approach this? It's almost foreign to me because I've been in that go mode to get myself to do things, to accomplish things. And so trying to work with that, it just feels very different. Totally. I could see it in your body as you're explaining it. You're literally like moving your shoulders back and forth, trying to like bring it down into your body. Yes. I don't know what that feels like. I, I can equate it to how I am at the end of the workday and I come home. I've been moving and going and talking to so many people all day long. It's really hard to settle and to try to soften how I'm caring for myself. It's just a very different way. I think something that I have not honed that skill, honed that practice into my life just yet. Is it okay if I ask a probing question? Do you sure. want to? Do you want to? I do. I feel like that is the next step for me. To, I'm moving into a different phase. It does feel like there are many things that are pointing me in this direction. I am an intuitive person. And so it's like, okay, all signs are pointing to go this way. Sounds like I need to go this way, even though it's not comfortable, like you said, but it's something that it just keeps resonating and keep coming back to me. And so I feel like, yes, that's what I want to do. I mm -hmm. need to listen and I want to listen. Yeah. So then set a day that you're going to do it and then just do it that day. Use your discipline that you have and bring it forth to this practice. Okay. Do it. I'm commanding. Tomorrow. I need a little bit of that. <laughs> I need you a know, deadline. You have it. There, there's your cake in the butt. Go love yourself, damn it. I love your question because it was pretty much exactly what I was going to say is that what I love what Julie was saying is that we have a choice. We yeah. have a choice. Our reality is not fixed. Our future is not set in stone. 100%. If we make the choice and we change our habit, we then can change what our future looks like. Yes. And I think that's the huge piece of it. I think so many of us get stuck in this is the environment we've been in, this is the culture that we've been in. And when we get these signs, we pass them to the side because we still have our to-dos to do every single day. We need to get things done. We don't create the time and the space to acknowledge the signs, to start questioning what they are, to start seeing what does that mean for us, and even start to contemplate what does this even look like in my daily life? Yeah, that's such a big part of it is imagining what does this look like in my life? And Julie, that it's foreign because it's not something that you've done. But just because it's foreign doesn't mean that we don't do it, right? There's a lot of things that I've done in my life that have started off real foreign and uncomfortable. But then you just wind up doing it. We don't have to make these things, these practices unique in that. I love that. Growing up, I thought that by the time I hit this age which I just hit 50, that thanks. I thought I would have it all together and that life would just be on this coasting, but I'm not coasting. I also don't really believe that I should coast. If I'm 50, if I'm 20, if I'm 90, 
I should continue to evolve until I leave this earth. But I also have this frame from my childhood of where I would be and what I would be doing at this point that I would have it all together. So I got to reconcile that some way. Radical self-acceptance. And I think that's, we've all felt like that at some point. I feel like I did. We're asked at a young age, as we said in the very beginning of this, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? That's almost defining our identity at a very young age. Right. It's being very defined on your profession and your credentials, at least in America. A lot of that's what it looks like. I think a lot of us are getting to this point where it's, no, I I want more than that. Or I thought I'd be done. I hit this point. I thought I'd be done and I'm not. So I don't have the feeling that I want. Yes. I've checked these boxes, but still doesn't feel the way that I thought I would feel. And I love how Julie put it. I thought I'd be a little more coasting. Oh, I did it all. Now let's relax for a bit. And it's no, not really. Yeah. It's funny because I can show you the, not the opposite, maybe like the inverse a little bit in my life is that I checked boxes. I blew all that up. Then I checked boxes again. Then I blew all that up again. And then I started focusing on the feeling. So now I have a little bit better feeling in my life, but at 43, I don't check a lot of the other boxes. And so I'm reconciling that that my, I don't have all the money that I thought I was going to have. I don't have a, a lot of the thing, the partner that I thought I was going to have, all of these things, but I feel good. And I know that I'm on a trajectory where some of those things will come into, will fall because my intuition is telling me, keep going on this path. You're finally bringing yourself forward and that will be rewarded, but you're still healing. You're still changing your energetic frequencies, all these things. Solving for, you might not be checking the boxes right now, but you have all of these other things that really you're getting to the root of things. It's interesting because I feel like, again, it's the same thing, just a different perspective of it. Does that make sense? It's a new phase. And I think I'm in the midst of that phase too. I also not necessarily, I I checked all these boxes and I'm like, that's not it. And now I'm this whole different phase where I am trying to look at my life in a whole different perspective. I'm redefining success in my life in a whole different perspective. Yeah. And it's more about how do I feel every day? Am I doing what excites me? Where's my energy level? Mm -hmm. I remember I used to say at the end of almost every week, I have nothing left to give anymore. Usually about one o'clock on a Friday and I was so emotionally drained that I was just, I was wiped out and I was done. I definitely don't say that anymore. And I definitely have energy to participate in activities over the weekend now. (laughs) And even some during the week too. So redefining what my life looks like more about How do I feel? And less about have my boxes been appropriately checked? Yeah. Yeah. I remember a teacher that I've never met. She's online and I read one of her books, Danielle Laporte. I don't even know if she still talks about this, but it was major impact on my life. She asked not what you want your life to look like necessarily from the outside, but how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel on the inside and define those things and start from there? It's interesting to approach things from that way. Now the fringes are starting to bleed into regular society and those questions are starting to become more prominent. Thank God, in my opinion. And I think that's one of the big goals of why we're doing this podcast, bring these thoughts and these different perspectives into more of the, off the fringes, into the, the more of the mainstream, have people have the conversations. And I think allows people to have their feelings validated. 100%. And through that, you're creating community. Yeah, I see a lot more of this conversation happening around the workplace. People are redefining what the workplace looks like and how you're generating your income. 
that's been a, a big topic of conversation of how you support your staff and your team. It's become more apparent of a need for our society moving forward, coming out of this pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic did a lot for us in many ways. I think it did. I think it really highlighted, people call it the great pause. But for those of us that are, have been in healthcare, it wasn't a pause. Right. It was like hyper-morphed, nonstop. And as a nurse in the midst of it, I was a little jealous of the great pause because I really wanted my own pause and there was no pause for those of us inside of the pandemic. But I think that it has really highlighted that need for people. I'm excited about where we will go as a community. Yeah, it's cool being alive at this time and seeing all of the changes and watching things. Happening quickly, really, but in the big scheme of things, is we're at the very beginning of serious changes that are going to happen in this world. So grab your popcorn and watch it all happen. It's cool to have a front row seat to everything that's going on. What else can you tell us about how these different mantra practices would be for just the regular person? If you don't have a soul archetype map put into place, how can somebody work a mantra, finding the right mantra for themselves, as well as just how to do that? Yeah, how to work with mantra. I tell people that if you do nothing else, Breathe deeply and chant mantra. The beauty of both of those things is you can do it anywhere. You can chant mantra in your head. It doesn't have to be out loud. As far as finding the right mantra, if you have any of the streaming devices, Spotify or Apple or whatever, wherever you're listening to this, you can also listen to mantra, likely. It's on uh, set up a playlist and find what works and by what works, what feels good in your body. There's different recordings of different mantras. There's thousands out there. There's people that bring beautiful energy to them so that you can really resonate and see what feels good in your body. If you're interested in specifically Kundalini Yoga mantras are in Gurmukhi, most of them. Gurmukhi is a vibrational language, just like Sanskrit. If you've heard of those terms, ancient languages that are rooted in East Asia, in India, you can search Kundalini mantras and you'll find all kinds, or you can just search mantras and see what comes up. Listen to them and see what feels good. Don't be afraid to turn it off. I would just say, turn it off with honored, not for me, and then go to the next one, not for me, and go to the next one. Not like, what the hell is this? And disregard it. It's sacred. It's Again, it's vibrational. And so the frequency is working for you in some way, shape or form, whether you recognize it consciously or not. See which one resonates in your body. And then you can study it. In my classes, we do a mantra of the month. Everybody always wants to print out so they can read it and understand it. They want to know the meaning and the definition. I drive everyone crazy because I'm like, I'm not printing anything out. You're going to learn it by ear, by hearing it, by hearing the repetition. You're going to feel it in your body. You're going to learn about what it means for you. You're going to connect with it. You're going to create your own definition. And they're like, I write down the mantra and then I go study it on the internet on my own. Go for it if that's what you need to do it. But the way I like to teach mantra is just to listen to it and listen to it repeatedly, learn what they're saying, and then see how it feels in your body, see what it means for you. Maybe look it up later and be like, oh my gosh, I was working on that thing. And this is the thing that this mantra was, have your little moment and realize that way. But just mainly listen to it, see what feels good in your body, and then sit with it. You can do it for 40 days. You can do it for a day. I have a mantra playlist on Spotify that I listen to, and I just play it Anytime I'm in my car and I'm either by myself or with my kids or whatever, not with their friends because I try not to freak out their friends too much. Yeah. Breathe deep and listen to mantra. 
it's out there. And just find what works for you. Thank you, Liv, for joining us today and all of the information that you shared with us and our audience. Where can our listeners find you? And if they would like to have their own soul archetype map, how can they get in t- contact with you and get that done? First, thank you for having me. And thank you for creating this beautiful community and following your dreams and doing something so beautiful. You can find me at Instagram is where I'm most prominent um, at Liva, L-I-V-A underscore B underscore life, L-I-F-E. Right now, my website is under construction. So the best way to get in touch with me is just to send me a DM on Instagram and we can go from there on ordering your soul archetype map. Fantastic. We will put your name and your Instagram handle in our show notes so that our listeners can find you. Highly recommend getting your own soul archetype map completed. Thank you. This has been a blast, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow, subscribe, and share with a friend. Want to learn more about a specific topic? Drop us a line on our website and we can explore it deeper with you.